everybody welcome to the morning drive today i am well i and you are lucky enough that i happen to snatch up monica perez as a guest and not only do i have monica perez but once again i have voluntary vixens on jesse here joining me also so uh <laughs> thank you ladies for coming on aboard this old ragtag podcast oh i think we're gonna have some fun <laughs> So, oh, uh, yeah. how are y'all doing tonight? Good. Yeah. It's about the time of night where if we're going to have a chat, I kind of want a cocktail, but I'm not sure I could keep up if I start doing that. I've done that. I did that once and I'm still getting uh, flack for that at home. You can't do that. You can't let your hair down. I'll let my hair down uh, anyway. Yeah, I stick with water. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, Jesse and I have talked before, so uh, about various different topics. Then I have some things I wanted to ask you about because, see, I'm all about going into the weeds. Fair enough. I love rabbit holes. So uh, I I was curious about this whole uh, coronavirus thing. I, I, I really haven't been following it too much. Life's been a little bit busy for me. What? I know you were talking on your last uh, propaganda report, which, by the way, if you're not following propaganda report, you need to. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a great show. I like it. It's it's my podcast where we do 30 with, with my co-host Binkley, where we do 30 minutes every day of the news of the day. But from a perspective of liberty, truth and justice, which you really we did it because there is no other place to get it. It's just I think it's probably just too much work to get that kind of thing up like that. But we've been really committed to it. And one of the things we've been covering on a daily basis is how the coronavirus, not yet, but soon to be a pandemic, is unfolding. And Binkley went deep and found, and I've also gotten people tweet at me, about a a live simulation of a novel coronavirus that happened in October 2019, about a month before we were told there was a real novel coronavirus. And that simulation was done by the World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Johns Hopkins. So I can tell you a little bit about that, if that's if that's where you're yes. headed. That, that, okay. that's, that's sort of where I was headed, yes. Yeah. So what they did was called Event 201. And they had a bunch of people get together, 15 heads of international or high ranking members of international organizations, including the UN, the World Health Organization, these these the entities that were hosting it. They had media and big companies. They had somebody from NBC Universal, Johnson and Johnson, Harry Shine, which is a big medical supply company. They had some. They had, curiously, the CDC or the equivalent of the CDC in China, the head of that was there. So there's only 15 people involved, and one of them was the head of the CDC in China, George Gao, whose name has been in the news lately, just like Mike Ryan, the w, the World Health Organization representative who was part of this event 201. And what it was was a lot. They called it a live simulation of this novel coronavirus that they were saying what would happen if there was a real pandemic? How would it work? And we're going to do a simulation to see how it would spread, how people would respond, what might happen, what might go wrong, and then what policy recommendations we conclude. 
So they conducted this experiment. It started in among pig farmers in Brazil. So it became, it went from animal to animal, to animal to human, to human to human. It started out small, just the people who worked with the animals, then it spread to healthcare workers. And then for six months, it seemed like it was totally under control, not that big a deal. They were um, kind of overreacting on travel restrictions and all that kind of stuff, but they thought they had it under control. And just one thing led to another, and it started to really explode in poverty-stricken big cities, like the slums of big cities. They mm-hmm. go through so many details of the Event 201 that absolutely parallel how the actual not novel coronavirus is unfolding. And then they have seven action items that are really, you can see that more than anything else, especially using, this is one of the features of Event 201, this fake coronavirus, that people will come up with these conspiracy theories that the thing was released on purpose and that will create unrest and protests that will prevent authorities because they're losing faith in government, prevent authorities from really having the authority to crack down on this on this epidemic. So they one big thing they were trying to do is suppress social media to make sure or all media. So they were saying we need faith based people. We need all sorts of organizations business leaders, everybody to get on the same page with the messaging. And at the same time, we need Twitter, Facebook, and those guys to get off their high horse and just start censoring information like good citizens. And I'm telling you, I could go through the seven calls to action and find every single one of them in the newspaper right now about coronavirus. And we haven't even hit the surge level. If they really are going to go through, through with this, then the next step, the next phase over like 18 months from start to finish. So that would be next spring. They'll have a global financial meltdown. Money flows will stop. It'll be a crisis that'll reverberate in the markets for years. And I personally think that that the this we're in the longest ex- expansion in our history, and we have the lowest interest rates we've ever had in in the, at the end of an expansion. So I don't see how we can have some kind of correction a year from now. Anyway, I think they're going to kick the can so Trump gets reelected. But at the end, there's I assume there's going to be a it looks to me like there's probably going to be a correction. And this adds just another reason, in addition to Trump being a crackpot or whatever, that they can say, look, we're having this meltdown because people are not following the authority instead of the real reason, which is more like this meltdown is a result of government action in keeping the 2008 financial crisis from really unfolding as it, you know, to really have that full correction at the time, they kick the can and, and the roosters, you know, the chickens will come home to roost. So I, if this event 201 live simulation of the coronavirus actually gets played out to the very end by coincidence or whatever, I don't know, uh, then I think it's, it it actually is going to get worse. I mean, I highly recommend people go and look at this event 201. It's still, and you could just Google it right now. Oh, see, I noticed that um, I, in the past, I don't know, since last week, I really haven't been hearing that much about it. I mean, I know it was like big news and, you know, all this other stuff. And you hear about there's a couple of cases that came over here or something. and But then it just kind of died out. I haven't haven't really heard anything. Why, why? I think I think it is going to come back that it, it is the calm before the storm. I think that Mike Ryan, the world health guy who was in on event 201 came out today and said, don't anybody panic, blah, blah, blah. 
But at the same time, a couple of things happen that makes me think they're getting ready for a kind of 2.0. One is that they're saying there's one Yale study that says they're calling this a 14 day incubation period, but it's really 24 days. So all what Mm. the authorities are doing are letting people out after 14 days. But if it's a 24 day incubation period, well, that's just spread like wildfire. Easter egg waiting to hatch. Yep. And then another thing, it's just the authorities are doing things that are so obviously stupid. I don't even understand it. There was a press release today from the Department of State together with the Department of Health and Human Services saying that they had they're trying to evacuate 300 people from the Diamond Princess cruise ship, which is like that it's kind of been floating off the coast of, I think, Yokohama, Japan. And they they I don't know if the 14 days were up for them or what, but they took 300 Americans off of it. They tested them for coronavirus, but did not wait for the results of the test. So as they were boarding the plane, 14 of the people were like, I guess somebody ran up with a telegram, like 14 of these people have coronavirus. And the decision was made to put them on the plane anyway. I mean, really press release from the the department. And then within hours there were there was media that said these guys are idiots and and it's and it's possible that i mean the event 201 conspiracy theory that justifies media censorship included stuff like they're doing stupid things on purpose they want this to spread to sell vaccines or whatever and then you have tom cotton and even the white house senator tom cotton and even the white house saying you know, the only bio lab in China that's capable of creating an infectious disease like this is just a few miles from the market where some people think this came from. And we have no evidence that there was really uh, that it came from there, but we should investigate it. So we have very high level people being covered across the media promoting conspiracy theories which are necessary for this or are absolutely coincidental, if not more, with the event 201 thing. It's really interesting. And if it dies, I'll be happy that it dies, of course. I mean, that would be great. But if if this event 201 scenario plays out, and I, I don't I don't think they actually released anything. I think it's just a flu because they're not they're no longer testing people in a lab. They're just doing clinical diagnosis based on symptoms. Mm-hmm. which are very similar to every other kind of symptom. And the symptoms in the simulation and the symptoms in the real one are exactly the same. It's like mild flu-like symptoms, but it can lead to fatal pneumonia. And the reason that's so important is that people don't really know that if they have this deadly virus because most of the time it doesn't really affect you. But it seems similar to like a regular flu where that is what you get. And then if you're in a vulnerable group, you can get Serious pneumonia. Now, I'm really out of my depth here, especially with Jesse. So correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. But this is what I'm trying to gather from what I'm reading. And it's I mean, I'm not too scared of the virus, but I am a little bit scared of the agenda. Yeah, it actually kind of reminds me of Agenda 21 a little bit. If you're going to get into the rabbit hole of conspiracies. Oh, there's it's that's published. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a conspiracy. I mean, it is a conspiracy, but it's it's public it's knowledge. It's not a theory anymore. It's right. A, it's, and it's then what knowledge. was it? I agree um, with you. Sustainable cities and all that kind of stuff. We can see it unfolding. And the World Economic Forum is at the forefront of that kind of thing, too. They just try mm-hmm. to get 
their, their thing, I feel like these foundations, these think tanks, whatever, they each have their own silo, the own, the thing that they're working on. And with world economic forum, it's public, private, um, getting business leaders and government leaders to get on the same page with an agenda that they have already ready. It's not like we should get on the same page to execute the democratic process. It's like, we should get on the same page to execute this seven item agenda and that's similar with UN. It's not, it's actually, they act like it's a world government, everybody's represented, but I don't remember ever electing anybody to the UN. No, no, no. No. I mean, the thing I was thinking too, just, you know, with China, I mean, they had that child, that one child policy for the longest time to try and control the population. And then they realized that isn't going to work because we're just going to have like all men. And maybe right. two women. How did they not know that was coming, though? I mean, <laughs> I don't think they right? cared. I mean, yeah, they had they an Arabic they could have figured coming. it out. Yeah. Yeah. And now I think now they've changed that. They they got rid of that two that one child policy. And now I think that um, they're a little bit worried about what's going to happen. Oh, so and you're thinking it's a, it's a population correction it, measure? Could be. Could be. Yeah, see, now that that's something I was going to ask about because I had, you know, somebody said something today about it being a population control tool. I mean, it, and, it, it I wouldn't mean, be the first have, time. No. So we have coronavirus in other countries, and I mean, the way they're reporting coronavirus in China, I mean, people are not allowed to leave their house. Drones are following people around and harassing them. Um, people are getting beat up in the streets and put into quarantine. And then you see, like, I mean, if you look on Twitter, there's videos of people, you know, in body bags. And how people are throwing their like dogs that. out of windows. Yeah, I mean, I mean they just uh, made, and then fires, every, like, there's fires all over Wuhan. Of or do you think people bodies. are sterilized? Oh, burning bodies. Yeah, I think they're okay. burning yeah. bodies. They're cremating bodies. Um, so let me ask you a question. In the event to a one simulation, it talks about how the way it got to pandemic proportions were was because it was in inner cities, poverty stricken, densely populated areas and poor cities, poor countries. South America is where that one was ripened. Mm-hmm. And I I think that the reason they had to say it like that is they always want to compare these things to flus and epidemics from 100 years ago. And it seems to me that sanitation and nutrition played such a big part in why those things were so deadly. And it would be basically impossible to create that unless you lived in those circumstances. Yeah. So like we wash our hands and eat our vitamins. Yeah. I mean, and then in those environments too, like, like, especially like in China and in rural areas of South America, maybe, uh, are not rural areas, but poor areas in the city of, place in South America. I mean, you live in a small space and everybody kind of shares a bed and they sleep together and they, you know, they share a lot of they're You're in a close knit environment with people. So it, you know, you're breathing each other's air. You're probably exchanging saliva through eating off the same plate or something like that. I mean, that's yeah, that's very common in China. I mean, yeah, now that you in China will oh. just take their, Oh, yeah, you've been to China, right? Yeah. I mean, I like, uh, I mean, if you watch any documentaries like of just like food stuff right. in China, like they'll just stick their chopsticks in your plate and eat off of it and, you know, I'm, things like that. <laughs> I'm the youngest of nine. There's a lot of like desperate food scrounging. 
And even yeah. I, you know, I'll eat anything. Like if it just like, you know, I've definitely, if it fell on the floor, I'm completely not afraid of it. But that sharing utensils and stuff, man, people get sick right away when you do that. Like if somebody yeah. is sick and you don't you know they're double sick yet. Bad here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, really, like I actually had to read Miss Manners if you're allowed to rotate the chip. If you're technically not double dipping, but it looks <laughs> like you are. Is that, you know, I mean, I'm at that point. <laughs> Just I'm not, mostly because I have kids and you don't know, like they get sick. And if you didn't know it the day before and they definitely got it the day before that. And you're just like, OK, these kids could be break out an illness at any moment. You know? oh, I mean, Somebody's... and then you're dealing with kids. I mean, they're just going to rub all their snot ah, all over you and get in your face. So and kids are cough in your face. Just, they're just like little germ <laughs> balls, man. I, they're just vectors of disease. They literally the put are. their filthy hands in your mouth. Like, that's yes. the thing they like to do. They like to feel your teeth or something. I don't know. I'm just like, not, <laughs> or not, not to mention the other night, whenever uh, in the morning, sometimes my, my three-year-old, he'll wake up real early and I go get him out of his bed and bring him to our bed. And I wake up with like a foot in my face. Oh, like, yeah. That, I'm like, yeah. yeah. They, they don't I mean, care. I, I've woken up with naked butts like, oh, I pooped oh, myself. Yeah. It's like, get, get your poop butt <laughs> out of my face. But you know, like, kind of cheat. It gives a whole new meaning to cheat to cheat. It's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have a thing about washing gross stuff oh, away. Oh yeah. Well, it's so like, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much you know about our situation, but the three little ones that I have are foster kids. Oh. And, oh yeah. Okay. They're they're uh well they were one two and five when we got them. We've had them for almost two years. Are they siblings? Yes. Nice. And uh, they uh, had a whole host of issues, but one of them would sit there. And I remember one night, my wife and I were in the living room, and um, we smelled this smell. I didn't know what it was. And the four-year-old was sleeping in our room in a toddler bed. And I walk in, and he's just covered in his own vomit and and shit and everything. (laughs) And... I'm like, I can handle some stuff. I can't handle vomit. <laughs> vomit is something I can't. Yeah, that makes you vomit. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, it's the like grossest he, thing ever. If he's Aww. like, you know, if he's like plastered in his own shit, I can deal with yeah. that. Yes, but, I'm not as both bad with of them together. I know. I was just <laughs> like, no shit. I've got no problem with shit at all. But vomit, I do vomit, not like, no and go. I don't like lacerations. I'm not a fan of the laceration. Oh, so I keep your lacerations out of here. I got one that's a that's a walking. Well, actually, I got two of them that are like walking uh, uh, catastrophes. So, oh my gosh! No. Now, one I kind of freaked out not too long ago. He bumped his head, and I knew that head wounds bleed, but I didn't yeah. know they bled like that. <laughs> and he just had like a little bitty nick on his forehead oh. when he ran to my desk. But he's like bleeding all down the side of his oh, face. Oh my gosh! And oh, I'm that's like, terrible. Jesus Christ, we gotta take him to the emergency room. Jesus! Oh. I start freaking out, and my wife is calling me, and I got two other kids trying to figure out what they gotta do, and I'm like, yes. Damn it! That's why you so, both can't cocktail too hard at the same time. I'm just that from right. experience. You gotta kind of like somebody's got a <laughs> designated <laughs> parent. <laughs> the whole time I'm sitting here, I gotta be cool, you know, because I yeah, don't want yeah. to. Yeah, gotta keep out. your head. And uh. <laughs> Because I remember my mom telling me when I was a little kid, I got my head busted open by a can full, a beer can full of pennies. And um, wow. it was, she said, I was cool until she yeah. started freaking out. 
Yeah, she yeah. Freaking out. I start freaking out. So then I was yeah. like, okay, I gotta keep cool. No, keep it together. And, my, and that... my, my head's like going freaking nuts, right? So uh, I finally get, you know, figure out where I'm putting these other two kids. And then I got him. I take him to the doctor. And all they had to do was put a little glue yeah. on him. And he was fine. Yeah. Crazy I'm glue. Like, I'm like, gosh, yeah, damn it. Those little tips. But it's funny, that thing where like, you're freaking out. I really feel like that's 95% of maturity and wisdom and stuff is just acting like you're cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, whatever. You, like, you just keep a lid on it. And the inside, you're just like yeah. freaking out. But on the outside, I mean, when I had that like, first got, got a radio show, a terrestrial radio show, which wasn't my idea at all. I was a banker studying for banker tests and uh, whatever. I ran into a radio producer. It's a long story. I won't get into. But it really the the analogy that the program director who was getting me ready was so perfect. He was like, look, it's just like riding a motorcycle. You just have to make sure your gears are all right. You can't like you know, be too herky-jerky, whatever. And I just, like, flashed back in my mind when my father tried to teach me how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> and he I, he just thought I was so smart and so good that, like, he literally, I, the first time I got on a motorcycle, he had me go around the parking lot a few times, whatever. And he's like, let's take a spin on the highway. So I've got my <laughs> father on the back. I'd never driven a motorcycle in my freaking life. But I'm, like, throwing up right now in my mouth a little bit. So I'm on the fucking highway with my father on the back. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, dad, I think I want to pull over. Can we, you know, I think I'm done, you know, whatever. So we, we like, he's like, okay, take the next exit. And, you know, just downshift down. Like, yeah, how do you downshift again? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Dad. So we get into the, to the parking lot and I was like, I think I'm done for the day, Dad. You know, and he's like, oh, come on, do one more figure eight. And then I just dropped the bike right on my leg. Like, I still have the scar. <laughs> but I got off the highway, and it was 100% me just being like, hey, I got this. I was, I, I had to, it's actually almost impossible to control physical shaking. But yeah. there is, there has to be like a deep inner, like another little brain, like the little brain that makes you shake uncontrollably that's inside the big brain. It's got to be like another little brain they haven't discovered yet that's just like, oh, wait. This is even worse than that. You can't shake it all. <laughs> but that's the thing. You just have to be like, hey, man, if I start freaking you out, this is going to get really freaky. So oh, yeah. No kidding. I try not to. So that's it. That's like all my maturity. And one thing is like, don't let anyone know you're freaking out. Uh, it's, it's like uh, speaking of motorcycles, I used to ride a while back. And uh, the I, probably, I think the scariest time. Because I, I bought a motorcycle like dirt cheap, wasn't running. I, I didn't know a damn thing about motorcycles. And uh, I got it up and running. And I was driving it like um, town Franklin is about like an hour away from where I live. And I was riding up the highway. We're booking it. And I see this woman. She stops at a stop sign, looks right at me, then looks the other way, and then looks right oh at me gosh. again. <clears throat> Yeah. And she just pulled out. Right. And that's one of those times where you just got to really keep your cool. Cause I was like, do I take a ditch? Yeah. Do I drop the bike? And finally I just down geared and I like hammered hit her? it <laughs> and went around the oh, front you, of her. Oh yeah. You James Dean did, but it worked out. Oh my God. And then when I finally got stopped, I had to surgically remove the seat from my butt. Oh head. yeah. Oh but, yeah. yeah. Just was, like, uh, Hang on, like you can't get your fingers off the throttle for like ten minutes. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was really really rough. 
but uh but yeah that was the whole keeping your calm whenever you're freaking out inside yeah i'm not sure i could do it in the presence of both shit and vomit at the same time but (laughs) (laughs) i could do it under any other circumstances but uh so we shouldn't uh, be too worried about the coronavirus jesse i'm a little worried that i'm not worried enough i think that uh Honestly, I think it's one of those things where if you just wash your hands and, you know, stay home if you don't feel bad, if you don't feel well and, um, you know, just take your vitamins, that kind of thing. Eat right. Exercise. Someone just told me yesterday, it's like, those nurses said about the vitamin D. I, I'm going to get some vitamin D. Like, I'm going to start, you yeah. know, even in the winter, I'm going to just make sure I can get out, you know, have a T-shirt on so that in the car or whatever, I can get some sunlight. So, see, you're saving lives. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't you- realize how much vitamin D really mattered until I worked night shift and I got real low oh. and I was getting sick all the time and I was tired. Like, even though I would be getting enough sleep and I was oh. back on my routine, I was still wow. feel tired. So, I, the doctor... I was I actually went in to see the doctor and she took my blood and I had like really low vitamin D so she had to give me like a prescription dose of it just to Does kind it of get work back. to take it orally? Yeah, Sorry but to it means medical brain. I can't yeah. resist. Usually it's it should be fine if you take like I think you're supposed to take like 2000 IUs a day. Uh, and like a glass uh, of milk or something. You can do that or you can just I get gummies. I, get I got Flintstone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My kids are teenagers now, and I cannot get them to take anything but Flintstones vitamins. And then sometimes they're like, the bottle be gone in a week. I'm like, dude, I, that can't be good. I <laughs> oh, on Flintstone. Yeah, I need to like control that substance in my house. <laughs> yeah, I think with vitamin D and vitamin C, those two vitamins, yeah. I think when you're sick, especially if you yeah. just you can take. You can take a lot of that because you'll end yeah. up just peeing the rest it's of it out. It's more soluble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that should be okay. Well, Especially, no, like, if you're sick, that's probably good to take a little bit of extra vitamin D and C just to kind of help boost your immune system. Now, maybe you can tell me, but I, I know my son, he wasn't feeling too good. My oldest son, he's uh, 14. He wasn't feeling too good um, recently. And my wife went and got... There is, it's like a little tube that's got these little granules in it that you put under your tongue and let them dissolve. It's a big, long, like 18 letter word that starts with an O. But um, they were saying, I know it's supposed to be something for, it's over the counter. It's something for like flu symptoms and whatnot. But uh, I know that he took, you take one every six hours or something like that. And I know it kicked him out easy. He was feeling good. And like today, I woke up feeling kind of crummy. I was even thinking, man, I'm going to be sucking on this show tonight. But <laughs> I, took, I took one of those little tubes, and I don't know. I feel good now. I know my wife said it was, like, packed full of vitamins and stuff like that. But I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, it, it's it's OC something, 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 something. But I don't know. It's stupid long. Oh, is it, people. like, do you dissolve it in water and then drink? You can. Or... You can. Okay, yes. I think yeah, I know you... you're talking about, but now that you said that, I can't, can't think remember. of the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know that. I know what you mean. Like, it, it's is it awesome... like emergency or something like that, or it's like a whole, it's like a flavored mixture of all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I have People no. People do say idea. that that'll kick it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. really get that. I just mega dose. I take basically everything. All my yeah. take like five grams of. 
vitamin C and just. Now, usually I know when I'm sick, I'm like, you come in here, I'm probably ODing on all kinds of crap because my wife is actually like, I'm like, she's like, what are you taking? Well, I'm taking it. Well, what else have you taken today? See, that's the thing. We live in such a highly controlled society that I think that nothing I have could really kill me no matter how. Like, I figure, well, I'm not stupid, but there are a lot of stupid people out there, right? So if I am stupid about it, it's stupid proof because that's how we're raised. That's how we're raised in the society. Oh, yeah. And then I realize that, yeah, that's not really how it works, especially pharmaceuticals. Like, pharmaceuticals oh, yeah. like, are freaking dangerous. You have see, got my, to my watch wife, that. A, my wife yeah. is, is a pharmacy tech, so she's, she's oh, been in really? for a long time. So I'm like, like wait, yeah. do you have teenagers? They are, aren't they pushing, they push drugs on teenagers. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I'll be like, if I got the flu or a cold or something, and I'm, I'm just like, dead i'm one of those guys that i'll catch the man flu and i'm done <laughs> and uh i won't even lie about that but see i'm the kind i don't i don't want you to do nothing for me i don't want you to do a damn well thing. then it's wanna... not the man flu yeah then yeah and that's fine just yeah, yeah. that's, that's just definitely like, right i just like, want to oh, be you're left sick. alone i'm sick i'm sick sorry i can't help you because i'm sick why don't you help oh. me <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way and when i'm sick I, I just i just want you to leave me in the room cover me up and let me sweat that. it out just leave me alone that's what i want but uh, of course my wife she's like she's she'll call me she'll be like what are you doing i say well i just took some theraflu well what else oh i took some theraflu some nyquil some tylenol some ibuprofen well, you know if you're hitting the nyquil in the morning it really makes you seem super super sick Cause oh, like you yeah. can't get up and you're like, oh, yeah. one of my kids said that. I was like, what is your problem? And I realized that they took NyQuil during the day. I don't know if it was on purpose <laughs> to get me to like overreact or what, but I'm like, well, if you're going to take NyQuil around the clock, obviously you're going to look like you're at death's door. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, well, you see, so you I try to ignore all of their the Red Bull and I'm good to go. <laughs> Yeah. Well, now they might do that for recreational purposes. I don't know. So I don't know what's take, going on. I take NyQuil. I took a glass shot of whiskey. I t- drank a Red Bull. <laughs> I took some Theraflu. I'm, I should be and then you it out in about three weeks. I need some whiskey. That sounds like a good idea. I know. It's that time. It's that time of night. All I have is rum. Morning drive with whiskey. It's like, hey, uh, I don't. Hey, there's so many things wrong with that. <laughs> not in tennessee we drink no, whiskey all the no, time we're good we're good like, when i moved to texas, <laughs> it energizes us it's I like whiskey's the me. energy drink and moonshine is for cocktails yeah, there you go. oh ouch god make you blind but i remember this is no longer funny but when i moved from texas to texas from new york two gals i was going to a wedding of my fiance's at the time friend and two gals who i did not know picked me up from the airport and not only did they hand me a Takati while driving, which as a New Yorker, I didn't even have a car. Like we don't drink and drive in New York at all. And uh, so one of them hands me that one of them's driving and she hands me the Takati. The other one, I was very impressed by this. She had a cutting board and fresh limes and she was cutting the lime wedges, which you jam awesome. to order. Like you would think you would cut them ahead of time, but like they dry out when you do that. I was like, right. Good job. That's, that's quality right there. <laughs> that was pretty good. Those days are happily, I would say, behind us. But, <laughs> but yeah, maybe in Tennessee, Texas, I don't know. Well, it's like I, I'm um, Nashville is probably about an hour and a half away from me, and my car broke. I worked in Nashville. And my car was broke down, 
So I called one of my friends that lives down here just hoping because he usually worked up in Nashville. And I was hoping he was up there. He'd give me a ride home. Well, he call, I call him and he's like, man, what do you need? I was like, well, my car's broke down. Are you up here? He's like, no, I'm not up there. I was, I was like, well, never, never mind. He's like, well, I'll come get you. Hold on a minute. I was like, all right. I said, but let me try to figure out something else. About 10 minutes later, I call him back and I'm like, you know, dude, don't worry about it. He's like, I'm already on the way. Where the hell are you at? I was like, well, I'm up here. So I got, he, I sit there and waited for him. He pulls up in the, in the parking lot at work, opens the door and hands me a Corona. <laughs> he's like, here you go. And like a bunch of empty bottles fall out of the oh, driver's he's, side. He's already had like three or four of them, right? So, Dude, I don't go. really understand how people think beer is just water. Like it oh, totally yeah. gets you drunk. Like it's not, well, I'm thirsty. I, I need a beer. Like, bit, it's alcohol. But, I don't know. Maybe I just I'm a girl. I don't know. Of course, then, of course, then we drive. We're driving away on our way back home, and uh, he's flooring it. And then we stop at a gas station because you know, well, we ran out of beer. So, uh, and I was like, man, he come all the way up there to come get me, and opens the door and greets me with a beer. I can't. That that's a friend. That's my yeah. buddy right there. You got to treat him to the to the second installment. <laughs> but this conversation might actually get you deplatformed. So I would definitely not highlight it. In the uh, in the clickbait <laughs> title, yeah, <laughs> the really good stuff you gotta leave in there for the true the true fan. Oh Lord, but yeah, um, <laughs> conspiracy theories. Because I told I told my son I'd hit on some conspiracy theories. Oh, bring it! I mean, I don't I I've debunked a couple, but a lot of them are true. So oh. give me what you got. Show me what you got. Uh. Okay, we've already covered this coronavirus thing. Um, of course, you know you got UFOs, Loch Ness monster, and all that. I shit. don't. That stuff, I, 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 I'm not convinced about any of that. I don't. I don't. The UFO stuff. I mean, a lot of smart people. I mean, my grandfather saw one, but I mean, who knows what where what it really was, mm-hmm. what tech it was. I have no idea. I've never been convinced about that. There's one thing that uh, it took me forever to realize is the solar radiation management, which people pejoratively call chemtrails. And I just, I would see them, but I just wouldn't see them, you know? And then it took a while and it was not that long ago when all of a sudden I just like, I think maybe it got worse, that's why. And then I started seeing it and I can't unsee it. Like I cannot look at a cloud and be, and, and here's the thing, they will say, oh yes, a plane made that crazy cloud that keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. by its exhaust which like jets right now don't spew that kind of exhaust but yeah no so i just i look and i'm like okay so your story is that that's jet exhaust that actually uh, got bigger and is now a big giant cloud in front of the sun ruining our day and you're telling me that's okay sorry i always go to that one because that was my last one where i was like wow i i changed my mind about that one it's i can't help but see it now but the but that's the one that I would say is the most marginal for me, even though it's the most obvious. You can mm-hmm. just see it. But those other ones, I just am not there yet. But and you know, I debunked. I think that Paul McCartney is dead. Paul McCartney is not dead. <laughs> what about Elvis? I did. Well, I actually did the research. <laughs> Elvis, I didn't do the research. I think he's dead. Yeah, if he's not, he's think? old. He's, he's old as I'll get out. Yeah, he's irrelevant. <laughs> Boomer. Well, yeah. okay, boomer. Let's see, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that a lot of people like, you know, uh, 
like Jimi Hendrix and um oh come on man Jim Morrison Jim Morrison no Kurt Cobain yeah uh, yeah Michael Jackson I think all of them are probably because they were so so big uh, part of me is hoping that they're just all relocated on some island yes yeah I, I think that's like they got too big too into so much crap right. that they're like look we gotta bounce oh so there's an island somewhere yeah. for, <laughs> yeah. yes. for, I, I, for I mega superstars that they just kind of hang out they don't and die they just go to that happy island no i'm, I'm kidding around i know what you're saying right why not i mean that's the thing like the moon landing say the moon landing didn't really happen I think it's kind of hard to believe that it did happen. That's the one that yeah. I'm just like, I can't. You're going to have to prove to me that that, that you had two-way I mean, some... video audio communication faster than the speed of light in the 60s. I, I really need a little convincing there. But even if they faked it, that's the noblest thing. I That might change my opinion about the government because the only – possible well if the reason that they faked it was to win the cold war it did actually win the cold war i mean the Mm -hmm. soviet union fell like 20 years later that never would have happened if they had run this won the space race because all the baloney about them being like vacuous and empty and falling apart would not it would have been hard to sell so if they really if the powers that be the americans really did that out of as a noble lie to defeat the evil communists i'd be like you know what i i'm I actually cool didn't even think you were that good. I'm not, yeah, I, I just, I would be, I would have a little more faith in the government, but I don't know what the, you know, they keep lying about it. So maybe there's a, something I else. don't know. And you would think that they would have, they would save the footage too. They would have, <laughs> they lost you know, it. Yeah. that's the thing is like, that's the, that should have been the one thing you don't lose is of that course. the footage. And, and here's the thing is that they say that we, we wanted to take a picture of whoever Buzz Aldrin or something golfing. So we didn't turn, we, we had those floodlights on so we couldn't see any of the stars. And then we just went home without ever even thinking of turning the camera to the mm-hmm. heavens for the, to me, that's the only interesting thing that you, or the most interesting thing about going to the moon is to see from another three dimensional point all the stars and constellations, it could oh, really yeah. change the way you think of all that stuff. It's like it's yeah. a different 3D perspective. You are not getting that anywhere else. And they just <laughs> didn't <Forgot>. think of it. <laughs> it's They're so like, ridiculous. But they, I mean, couldn't, they just didn't they take more pictures. It. They couldn't fake that because they didn't actually know the answer. Well, I mean, because so you think about time, it. You, the real answer would be revealed and it would totally expose them. If you got somebody that goes to the Grand Canyon, they take a shit ton of pictures of a ditch. Right. But you got these people that are scientists and everything that go up to the moon <laughs> and they're like, oh, we only took five pictures. Sorry, wait, bro. Wait. We forgot got, the stars. Got the golf club out. No, this is awesome. High five. <laughs> Hit the golf ball. Look at, look at how cool that looks. Like, my mom, my mom, I can, that's one thing. Like, she just can't get on board with me is you saw it on that. TV? Cause she, yeah, cause she was an, she was a little girl or a teen, and what, I don't know how old she was. She won't tell me how old she was, so uh, <laughs> she just remembers that she watched it. And she's like, I know that it happened because I watched it as it was happening, and I was like, you don't think there's a chance they just pre-recorded it they and then showed it lot, showed it live, quotation marks the around real, that. The real official story is that 
it has to be, I think, or this is uh, maybe, I don't know what the real official, but I talked to a photographer once. I sit next to a photographer on the plane. I was like, oh, you must know that it was absolutely impossible to have speed of light two-way communication with the moon in 19, mm-hmm. if it's even possible now. But I remember like satellite phones and stuff, they had delays because it just took too long to get up and back. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, oh, well, what they actually did was they, <clears throat> it took a really long time to record all that. So they did it in advance so, That's what I thought. So the the new, the moon landing, when it happened, when they told everybody it happened, it had already happened, but the powers that be didn't tell you that, and then they spliced it together so it would be better television. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. like, okay, so there is a big lie. So they admit that they yeah, lied about that part. So mm-hmm. to me, it just... You know, what yeah. else do they lie about? That's a very complicated lie. Yeah. You know, like, like, that's, and that's you don't have the footage. Lie. You still, you can't find it and, now. And you record it over it or things. something. And we haven't been back. And Yeah, we've no, never been back. They're trying to go back. Like, there's this, there are contests. Elon Musk is working on it. The White House just put money into it to figure out how to go to the moon. I'm like, yep. hey, man, here's my cell phone. Do it the way they did it the first time. And what are you talking about? <laughs> Here, here's my little my little vape mod. It's got more technology in it. Right, than there you go. That's all you need. Because the thing is, if you see, I saw once Elon Musk has like these rockets that have this crazy looking fuel. It really looks like fluorescent fuel. Mm-hmm. And if I recall correctly, like a Werner von Braun, whatever that guy's name was, he was an, uh, yeah. like a Nazi scientist or a German scientist who came over. Yeah. And he said, I refuse to work on the moon landing project because the math won't work with rocket fuel. So they have to come up with a new kind of fuel before it's too heavy to get to the moon and back and also take off. It's just and physically And what about the Van impossible. Allen belt too? I yeah, don't know about deal. that. They always, I don't know how to verify that because I don't know anything about it. So, and that's what the number one thing people say. So I worry a little bit about that one. I can't yeah. see with my eyes. I really don't know what the answer is there. It may be a red herring to discredit. I, I, you know, people are listening who absolutely know it. Do you know it, Dave? No, the Van I Allen don't. Belt. We just I know mean, my what dad's an engineer. And I've asked him about it, and he still he doesn't even really understand it. I don't think that, to be honest, we've not. I don't think we've gone that far in space, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that may be <laughs> so true. So we and don't actually, know anything about is it. Is it the magnetosphere? Because I think now this it's would just make like sense. It's like this belt of radiation. Yeah, and it's and it yeah. And you know, the ha- magnetosphere is like the the things that shoot the aurora borealis, and it keeps us from being irradiated by the sun. So yeah. I would now this is making sense to me now, and I think you could verify it this way: is that maybe it's that it's that corona of radiation. Yeah. You know, that you really can't get through. So that could be it. I mean, I have to look into that one. I just won't say that because the other stuff I can see with my own eyes. No, I well, just so, thought and about somebody something. said that, okay, when I say, you know, when you tell people that you don't, you're not, uh, you know, you're not really sure that we've made it to the moon, they act like you're the crazy one, right? Because, oh, well, yeah. you know. But you were <laughs> and, told. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody we were told that for so long. But like, this one like, guy dude. was telling me, that this the, that spaceship in particular, they had like a a line of of like the spaceship put had water inside it, like in that outside layer to kind of absorb the Van Allen radiation. Yeah, I mean maybe there's a. And I'm like, an- how come you're just how come I'm now just hearing that from you, some guy on Facebook, and not why is that not like someone at NASA told, told me they just wrapped it up in aluminum foil. Yeah, well, aluminum or, foil. It, it, it keeps you from it keeps you from uh 
from mind reading rays. It doesn't keep you from. <laughs> oh, they were all wearing tinfoil out- outfits. That's exactly they were. Yeah, that would work. That would work. Yeah, they now, say see, that. Some just, some just, occurred to me. I was a little young to actually remember everything about it. What was the mission of the the Challenger? What was it going to be going to do? Oh, the one that blew up. Yeah. Yeah. I was in first grade when that happened. Well, that was the plane. You know, that was the uh, the plane that. Oh, it, sh- it had it, the teacher, it, right? Was that the one yeah, that had the teacher in it? Because I'm wondering what their mission was. I should have yeah. probably looked at it. Because I'm wondering if they were supposed to maybe go back to the moon or something. I'm sorry, I'm getting way in the weeds, no, but I'm wondering if that thing. The hey, Enterprise, the Challenger, there were a bunch of them. Space shuttle. It yeah. went and could come back. Yeah, but I don't think it had a range anywhere near going to the moon. See, I was I just, think, I think I was just wondering if, if if they were supposed to have a mission or something, and what if it wasn't an accident? Yeah, it is that's yeah. always a possibility. You know, one of those things where if we got one blow up, now we you know, we probably don't need to try to do it again. Because, you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, they say that Gus Grissom and those guys who blew up on the on the pad or in the training exercise that maybe they knew too much. There was some astronauts who were in the moon program who died not on the moon or anything, but just like on Earth. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a subject of speculation. And I would think there's always somebody. This is the thing about conspiracy theories. Everybody says, well, there's, I'm sure you're wrong because somebody would have said something. I'm like, yeah. okay, here's a body count. Yeah. So, the gum Clintons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All the way back then. <laughs> but it's not just that. You know, it's more than that. So, yeah, exactly. The Clintons, exactly. The Clintons from the crib. <laughs> Little baby Bill Clinton. Had Brett Gus Grissom killed. They're just that would awful. be funny to put Gus Grissom on the Clinton list. That would be really like a little. I'm, that's a new mission of mine. <laughs> figure out who killed bill clinton's first hit well, where, where was where was hillary's dad at that point in time well the hillary there was a funny little meme going around that bloomberg might pick hillary yeah i've and, heard uh, that i was gonna ask you about that. and dick morris said uh dear mike hire a taster <laughs> I saw that. and then there's another one which is great that's uh Hashtag Bloomberg didn't kill himself. Oh, already started that one. Might as well. <laughs> so great. Oh, my God. I oh, think see, it's now, getting to the point where you got if you are friends with the Clintons, you better watch your back because. Or, or like if you want to kill somebody, introduce them to the Clintons the and Clinton. then you can rub them yeah. out. Just like that's Add what they do with a lot of serial count. killers. <laughs> like serial killers would just get assigned, attributed to them murders that the cops couldn't solve. So like yeah. the whole serial th- killer thing, a lot of them they say the murders were really not that person, and they they just wanted to <clears throat> clear cases. Yeah. You know more conspiracy theory. Sorry. See that that's another thing I was gonna ask you about too. Uh, I've gotten to a couple of interesting discussions. Like I said, I jump all over the place on this show. I apologize. Because um, <laughs> that's the way my brain goes. Um, a couple of discussions because you said. We brought Bloomberg. Um, now, what is your thoughts on eminent domain? Like uh, condemning somebody's property for the government? Yes, the government pretty much taking land be, for whatever reason. Like, you know, they said that Bloomberg, you know, a lot of Republicans right now are all upset because Bloomberg said he supports eminent domain, which Trump is well, a big 
fan of. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's benefited from that. I mean, I think every penny Trump ever made was through a government program yeah. or license or you know enforced oh, and, monopoly or. And see, and here's where the here's where the, the thing about it is is like, where I, I start getting hate mail. They were talking <laughs> about the 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 eminent domain he was wanting to do was for this border wall, you know, and I was like, you know, it, it's just. I guess it's the um, the whole contradictory, not being consistent type thing that really, really aggravates me is that, you know, one side says, you know, it's OK as long as my dude's doing it. Oh, that's the whole entire Trump phenomenon. It upsets me very much. And people are like, would you rather have Hillary? I'm like, maybe if you would still defend the Constitution, you yes. know, yeah. we have a fighting chance. And, and, and then, but now. I- I heard something on your show a while back that I, I I've been using the crap out of, and it's the uh, the the Trump worshiping derangement syndrome, <laughs> and it, it's it's a, it's a for real thing. I mean, because anything you point out, you know, it's just like that they automatically, like you said, they go to uh, the well. What about Hillary? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's always the end of that conversation because. I used to, so I had this radio show that I get calls on, and I've had it since Obama was in office and Trump. I say the exact same things. And when I say this is violation of the Fourth Amendment, I used to get a thousand calls that were like, absolutely right, this is outrageous, blah, 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 blah. I'm not a racist. Oh, I just will go to, to the mat for the Bill of Rights. I'm like, okay, that's great. Right on. So then I say the exact same thing about Trump, and it's like, why are you feeding Democrat trolls? And I'm did like, you turn well, blue now? Did yeah, you turn well, blue? I know. Like, you're a liberal. I'm like, I'm a libertarian. But I'll, I'll give you an example about the eminence domain, the wall and everything. I read an article. It just flashed into the news and just flitted right away, buried somewhere on one newspaper. And I never saw it again, that the Trump administration won a case to stop a private enterprise who was going to spend, I think, $40 million dollars building a state-of-the-art border wall on private property that they paid somebody to let them build this wall on, and the Trump administration stopped it. So, Why? Well, I mean, because I they the government can't control it. Yeah. I don't know. They can't control it, or they didn't, you know, competition is a terrible thing for the government. If you If you demonstrate that you can do something absolutely perfect on private land with private money, at yeah. a very low price, that's going to be the standard. You simply cannot have a basis for comparison like that. Plus, I think a lot of the, the things that Trump does so often, like there was this, he was supposedly withholding aid from Ukraine so Biden could be investigated for real corruption. I mean, if Trump didn't do that, I would think he should be impeached. He should do that. Those guys should be probably in jail, certainly investigated. But at the exact same time, Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador were coerced into signing a pact with the United States where their very desperately needed humanitarian aid. I'm not a fan of foreign aid, but Ukraine doesn't need weapons to start World War Three. But Only these weapons guys help feed the hungry. You know that. <laughs> yes. That humanitarian <laughs> war. Yes. So these guys, so these guys, they withheld their aid, which really, really hurt them until they agreed to this immigration asylum pact. But what I also only saw once in one article, never saw it again, that part of that asylum pact was to let us build camps, you know, prisons uh-huh. or FEMAs or whatever in their countries. 
So you couldn't get away with it here. But now our tax dollars are paying probably a Trump crony or whatever. I don't know who somebody's crony to build basically a prison complex or a housing complex in another in three other countries. And we they didn't even want it. So this is the kind of so like I look at this stuff and I'm like, it's, you know, some I really I go down, down, down the rabbit hole. And sometimes at the very bottom of the bottommost rabbit hole is just freaking graft. You know, like it's so <laughs> pathetic. You know, it's just so like, really? I thought you guys were Satan worshipers and you're just greedy. Oh, yeah. God, so uh, spending more money. That's, that's yeah, what you're hiding. Just, and they're wasting my time. You know what I mean? Like I've dedicated my life to figure out what's really going on. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> politics. They're just stealing. Ugh. <laughs> We're used to that. And that happens all the They're time. They're definitely doing that, and I and I might that may be all there is to it. But they they go through a very elaborate process to lie to us to get us to buy into policies that make that a lot easier for them. But yeah, that kind of stuff is what bothers me. And eminent domain, I feel like it, it, the circumstances under which the government is conducting legitimate activity and has to demand that you relinquish your property to them would be next to none if they were actually operating under constitutional constraints, especially the 10th amendment. And then if you have the 10th amendment where all, basically all the functions of government, except for the 18 enumerated in the constitution are relegated to the states. Yeah. I actually don't think that I'm not, I, I don't, I don't read the 14th amendment like it's read, which is that it makes all the stuff in the constitution, the bill of rights and stuff puts all of that onto the states. I actually don't think that I think your state, can violate the Bill of Rights. I hate oh, to say yes. it, but I think that they're permitted to have their own laws. It's just like the First Amendment kind of says it pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Congress shall not establish a religion. And then they're like, well, you can't have the Ten Commandments in City Hall. It's like, yeah, you definitely can, because that is not Congress yeah. doing anything. So, so when they... So I think the st- at the state level, you can pretty much have any rules you want about eminent, eminent domain or anything else. And I mean, the, in the Constitution, I prefer the Articles of Confederation of the Constitution. And there's, but there's a couple of things in the Constitution. I think they have that eminent domain clause, if I can't, if I remember correctly, and like post roads, they can build post roads, which I don't like. Like I don't think they they are allowed to demand access to your your house. Like you have to have public access to your land. I don't think you could have private land totally inaccessible, that every bit of land around you is also private. I don't Mm -hmm. think that that's permitted. So I don't like that stuff, even though it is in the Constitution, but it would be extremely rare on a federal level if the Constitution, flawed though it is, was adhered to. Mm -hmm. that's That's what it came down to, is he was like... Well, I think it's okay for eminent domain so they can build a border wall because it's securing our borders and keeping our country safe. But you know what would keep our country safe? Stop blowing other people up. That would help a lot. Stop impoverishing other countries. That's a good one. Yeah. But to have along to have a state like Texas along the border where they have the castle doctrine. All you need is the castle doctrine, right? You don't need a wall. You just need a bunch of ranchers with guns, and then you're really not exactly. So I don't even think like the government solution is necessary. And by the way, the government has created the problem in its entirety because they violate your right to strictly control your own property. So when yeah. they make I mean, I'm I, I 
would never as a my parents, for example, would never buy anything made in China to this day because it's slave labor. I would not I would not be a customer at a place that had segregated counters. And by the way, that was a law that wasn't private yeah, people. That, that was a law. That's one thing I, I'm always constantly poisoning, pointing out is that, you know, yeah. the segregation, it wasn't what the people wanted. It right. was what the government said had to right. happen. It was that we're so evil that the government has to step in. But if when you go and tell people that they cannot control who goes onto their property, that they that there are certain limitations to what they think in their like their town in a little town, they they're paranoid or not paranoid or whatever they want to do what they want. If they're afraid of Mexicans and it's totally racist and they're wrong and all that kind of stuff, but they just don't want Mexicans on their property. And that's why. And you tell them they can't make that decision. What are they going to do? They have to say, okay, if everybody in this country gets to come onto my property, into my bar or whatever, then I want to make sure I control everybody who comes into this country. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You just, you could have, if you had true freedom of association and people want to be bunch of racist assholes so good for them get the fuck out of here you know so and you can make that choice yourself and then they wouldn't get to come out and tell you it's like adoption and gay marriage and stuff if they they made a federal law that you couldn't that this was like a constitutional right so then private adoption agencies can't discriminate on their own i'm not sure if it really came down that way but let's use it as an example if you let them do what they want on the private level then you don't have to have this national battle on how everybody has to have the exact same law and the law is either a complete ban or you have to do it. Let the bakery choose. And then the bakery doesn't have to lobby for a law that affects everybody. Right. I mean, it sounds discriminatory, but, but we have a moral imperative. We aren't, if we were complete animals, hateful jerks, no system of government would work. No. Yeah. And then that's what I pointed out in a, in a past episode of mine was about discrimination. And I caught some flack for it, too. And I said, you know, I don't support discrimination itself. I, dispo- I, I support everybody's personal choice to discriminate if they want to. Absolute private and it, property it was, rights. It was like, you know, if I uh, the, the situation, I, the, the scenario I gave was like, say, you know, me and my black buddy go down to the store. And the dude that owns the store is a complete racist. By law, he has to serve my buddy. So by law, my buddy is giving money to a, a racist, racist person. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. I was like, but if you know he was allowed to say no, we don't serve black people in here, then okay, his racism is out in the open. It's out in the daylight, and I could be like, okay, well, I'm not going to patron that place either because now you're discriminating against my friend and you know the surrounding people. No business, no successful business wants to discriminate. Right. There's a there's a thing about women get making less than men. Right. That's what they say. So now women are by far the vast majority of people who are hired. Like if you look at the stats, women are getting more jobs now. And I'm like, OK, that's exactly what would happen if women were making less for the same work. So oh, maybe yeah, every that's man true, would be but jobless. The, the market fixes that. The yeah. market fixes that. And uh, and I, so I had somebody call. And say, you know, how can you say that if you had a job and the guy wanted to sleep with you to keep your job, that that's okay? I was like, it's his job. Why? You know what I mean? I'm not sleeping with somebody 15 bucks an hour or whatever. Like, I just make my own job and then I'll open a much nicer convenience store across the street 
where all the really good looking chicks work because they're sleeping with that troll. So let him go <laughs> under. You know what I mean? You don't get to sleep with me for 15 bucks an hour. Come on. It's much, much higher than that. Yeah, see, so, and that's what I said, too, is that, <laughs> that if you let him discriminate, that completely opens up market for competition. Absolutely. And I actually had like, a black guy call my show once and said a real, real old guy because my show is out of Atlanta, real old. And he said, we used to have our own stores. Yeah. We didn't need you yeah. at all. <laughs> it's like that was that was fine, you know, but I mean, he, I don't know. I mean, there is a radical viewpoint like that that I'm not espousing, but I've been exposed to it. And I, you know, I mean, that's what he said. Well, I heard other people say I've heard too. that, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean like Thomas I said, Sowell you know, says something about that, you uh, know, that yeah. before he was a product of because uh, he's like in his 80s now. Oh, right? yeah. Or, he's like or 90s. Yeah, he's 89. OK, so, yeah, he was talking about how, how he went to university and everything before affirmative action even hit. And, you know, the schools that he went to, they were all black, but they were just as good as the white schools because they took a, a lot of um, pride in their communities and. They had two parent households and, you know, there was just a lot more pride in their communities because they weren't so dependent on the welfare system. So they had to rely on each other a lot more. If you go back into the 60s and you look at some of the plots that were brewing to undermine. So poor black families had a virtually non-existent divorce rate. And they Mm -hmm. and there was a certain dignity in uh, rising above mistreatment i don't i don't advocate mistreatment however if you look at the history of the drug war yes this was a way and actually if you read the report from iron mountain which it's, it depends if it's totally to be taken completely literally or what but they talked about finding a euphemized form of slavery to warehouse to 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 make sure that there was a hierarchical structure in place so that they would be on the top. You have the middle class kind of tax slaves. And then you have the despised minority that keeps the middle class kind of beholden to the upper class. Mm-hmm. And when you switched that, that um, oppression to a targeted drug culture on purpose and really put people in jail, made it very unfair how they were treated, made them stop wanting to even participate in society because there was inherent injustice, then they themselves would get into the drug trade and they would appear to be bad. Mm -hmm. So it's like a self, it, it flipped it from being oppressed to being bad. You know, mm-hmm. like it was a setup, I think. And I think if you look at quotes from Nixon and Johnson, you might oh, yeah. find it's real. Well, I th- and there was a um, a journalist from uh, he died in like the 80s. I think he he was killed. I think um, he said that there was a CIA you know, operation to introduce crack into the. Oh, Gary Webb. He died yes. of suicide okay. from two two shots to the head. Yeah. Suicide. Happens all the time. Show how that happens. Head. Gary Webb, Dark Alliance. That's the book. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. I mean, that's, yeah, uh, that's that... another conspiracy theory that's absolutely true. That, yeah, absolutely the CIA introduced true. crack to the black uh, poor minorities. Yeah. In, in Los Angeles, especially Freeway Ricky Ross was the guy who was real smart and he ran, ran it all through L.A. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. It's just why, there's a long history of that that kind of thing, and I and 
the government creating the circumstances where you have to justify violating liberty in the name of civil liberty. You know, it is it, it, mm-hmm. the liberty. And, and what happens now, which is the inevitable, is it's payback time. So government creates all these things. And then instead of everyone saying for crying out loud, let's just embrace the free, prosperous, peaceful society that that was written in these documents, maybe that it was never delivered. But let's all stand together and get that thing delivered instead Mm -hmm. of subverting it again in the name of flipping it, because someday at the exact right moment, it'll be even, you know, yeah. and and what even does it mean? I don't, my family wasn't involved in any of this. I didn't, what, we weren't here before the civil war. I never lived in the South. Like, I don't, I don't even know what the, when that moment will come. And you can see it all comes down from the, from the government, the politicians who manipulate these things so that we will always look to them for the answers. It's really, it's, yes. It's almost inescapable. It gets me kind of bummed out. But a lot of people, I mean, look at how thriving the libertarian community is that people are have their their people are waking up all the time. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's harder it to hide is. all of it. I think with um, all the now that we have all these podcasts that are popping up and we have, uh, you know, alternative medias online instead of having to watch CNN and, and MSNBC lie to us all the time. You know, we get to hear a different take on things, thanks to shows like yours, you know. Um, and yours, and yours. Yeah. <laughs> we get to, yeah, I think that's, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's hard. To, I don't know anybody that actually believes that anything CNN says or Fox says is even true. Well, I mean, the, but the thing about it is the corporate media is is slowly being dwindled away due to you know shows like ours and and voices that are actually getting out there i mean it's to the point now to where i think my my oldest child's generation the 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 20 year olds and stuff Mm -hmm. they're kind of still hanging back in the sjw years but i know like my um like my 14 year old he's starting to see things you know that he follows my instagram page he listens to my podcast he listens to other podcasts (laughs) and you know, he'll come up. He's the one that came up to me. And goes, Dad, did you hear about that ship with the whole coronavirus thing? Nice. He's like, something ain't right with that. And I was like, Son, you're starting to use your head. I'm yeah. glad you are. Keep digging. That's what I tell you. Gosh, I mean, it digging. makes me worried though at what's what's coming. I don't know if it's 5G or what, but it just makes me worried. Yeah. Like they have to have a plan. Everybody can't get all woke. Like <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's true. I think we're becoming more and more of a threat. Um, did you see that that um, there was a Twitter from Eric Holder from, I guess it was Sunday, where he said he was talking to the Department of Justice and, and CAA. He was like, please don't quit. Don't lose hope. Stick with the game. It was like, did you see that one? No. Okay, I'll have to send it to you. Because it was like, they're all getting scared now. They know. They know that we know. Yeah, it's quite possible that uh, that the writing is on the wall. But what I'm afraid of is the crackdown. That's why I'm afraid of the coronavirus, because they were saying that they were going to use that to to take away 
our freedom of speech, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it's like um, something somebody brought up to me the other day, and um, they were talking about how it is in the way of conspiracy theories, and you made a good point about the whole crack being introduced into the uh, the whole the black community to, to bring it down was um, what uh, do y'all remember? Do y'all recall or ever heard what um, Malcolm X said about white liberals? Yes. No. <laughs> oh I, I love Malcolm X. Call them, like yeah. snakes in the grass or something oh, like that. Nice. Oh no, he's, I what love he said was he, he said the 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 Republican conservative he said um, is like a wolf. I'm I'm butchering it, but but he said yeah. that the white liberal is like a fox. He said, and the black people are like the sheep. He said, both of them want the lamb chop on their plate for dinner, but it's all about how they get there. So the wolf, you know what they want, and they're going to come at it hard. He's like, but the fox will kind of act like you, they're your friend, mm-hmm. but they still want you to be. That's their interesting. I mean, that and, seems to have stood the test of time. Oh yeah, because he brought it up. He said, he said, you know, because they come out with all these, you know, the NAACP stuff like that. He goes, but if you really wanted the black man to have power, you would be training a black man to be the head of the NAACP instead of a white man. He said, you let us have our own thing instead and of just the schools. It's such a setup. I mean, school oh, money I gets. I mean, why? It's their public schools. The money just go in, depending on where you are, goes into a big vat. Why are the schools in the inner city the worst? But it's funny that Republican Democrat thing, the Ukraine situation reminds me just of that. You see Biden and Kerry and Bulger and Archer just, I mean, if, if the Peter Schweitzer book I read has any truth to it, then it was, it was, it had some documentation behind it. Those guys were I mean, raking it in in like the high six figures of seven. You know, this is really set up for them to just make a tremendous amount of money coming through the IMF and everything else. And then you have Rudy Giuliani going over there being like, hey, man, there's a new boss in town. I want some of that. Hey, meet meet this idiot and that idiot. You know, it's like the Republicans just don't they just don't seem to have it in them to do it. At the, at the just audacious scale yeah. of people who really believe in the power of governments. It, yeah. it is, it's maddening to, to hear people just, and, and, and that now you have the, everybody has complete faith in the government, even the ones that are saying we don't have any faith in the government. Like now you have, you know, when, when the Republicans in charge, the Democrats are all, you know, the government sucks, the government's corrupt. Yeah, the government's so restore blah, blah. the 10th Amendment. Exactly. Yeah. But they won't. They're going to go cry out to the U.N. They have mayors going to international conferences to bypass the the state and national government and implement sustainability measures in their town. And the sustainability thing uh, is like you were saying, the Agenda 21. It's it's Rosa Quar did some interviews on this. She wrote the book Behind the Green Mask. She was a she was a zoning official for California. And she pointed out, and it was really perfect the way she said it. She's like, it's all about putting, like, think about running a giant organization. If Mm -hmm. every little team has different software and some, and they're in different cities and they speak different languages, you're, you can't run that company. You certainly aren't going to have like top down control, but if in every town, if every, every home, every business, every person 
has the exact same rules and regulations like these IAEA or some whatever. There's some like international zoning law that a lot of your towns might actually have it in place. Atlanta's big for it. That if they had every single like kind of building code and everything was totally normalized and you really knew what to expect if you were either uh, a politician in control or even an invading army, who knows, that she she points out that all this like global warming and stuff is just an excuse to regularize systems, to normalize yeah. systems so they can be more easily controlled remotely. And you can think I'm a conspiracy theory, whatever, and who's the they, but just go to the World Economic Forum website, go to the Rockefeller Foundation website, go to the Bosch Foundation website, go to the Marshall Fund, like go to all of them and think of them as pieces of a puzzle. And then look at what they're talking about. None of them is talking about best practices or individuality or differences or self-governance. Yeah. None of it. They have an agenda. We know what's good for you. And this is how to get you to go along with it without you knowing. Yeah. Damn. Sorry. Damn. <laughs> no, no, I make no, great no. cocktails. Did I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> Just to lighten oh. things up a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. No, I love. Wow. 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 <laughs> oh, but I probably should start wrapping this up. Uh, I hate to. Uh, I'd love to sit here and chat with you two ladies for about another hour and a half. But uh, especially if you had one of my delicious cocktails. Exactly. <laughs> I had to do that. Get you to somehow. Mail I know. It comes to Tennessee. Actually, Clint Powell of during the break, I do a video with him every other week. He's in Tennessee and he invited yeah. me to Tennessee. So if I have a critical mass, it's not that far. I should come they, to Tennessee. It's oh, so beautiful. Yeah. But you're always welcome. Thank you. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but um no uh, i do i gotta get up early in the morning um so uh i want to thank y'all both again for coming on the show uh it's been it's been great going in the weeds on some stuff i absolutely love that um if you want go ahead and uh give your plugs where to find you both because i want everybody that doesn't happen to i think everybody that probably follows me follows you but uh, just in case they don't, I wanted them to know where to find you. Me? Because yeah. you too, Jesse. Yeah, for yeah. me, okay. I'm I'm Monica Perez. That The Monica Perez Show is on WSB, which is the big Atlanta talk radio station from 3 to 6 on Saturdays. And you, what's good about that is you can call in. I take calls. So right or wrong, I'll let you have your say, and I'll tell you what I think. And I love to be wrong because my opinion of what's going on is just – abysmal so talk me out of it and then i do a podcast propaganda report with my wsb producer who's my co-host on that brad binkley that's you can find propaganda report on any podcast feed or our website is thepropreport.com and that we do a daily show called the drive time news blast 30 minutes every day of up to the minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice, and you're not getting that anywhere else, I can assure you. And I'm super active on Twitter, at Monica Perez Show. Well, there you go. And yes, I listen to your show just about every day. If I don't, I end up listening to two or three episodes in the same day. Yeah. So it's it's a great show to listen to. Wow, thank you. I think I'm the podcaster's podcast. Like, I, the podcast yes. is like I love it. What do you think about this? Like, I don't have time. I have a real job. Like, what's the answer? I'm like, okay, okay, I'm working on it. 
All right, Jesse, just in case How about people you, don't Jesse? know you where have to a find great you. show. Yeah, um, I'm Jesse, and I have a co host, Maddie. She's not here with me tonight, but we are the hosts of the Voluntary Vixens, and we are most active on Instagram. We have a whole, like, a whole following there. Um, we have a lot of fun on Instagram, and it's um, Voluntary Vixens Podcast. And then we are second, I think we're probably second active on Twitter at the, uh, um, and that is Vixens Voluntary. And then, of course, we have a Facebook, um, the Voluntary Vixens podcast, I think, is on, on Facebook. And then um, if you would like to donate to us, we have a Patreon, and that is Voluntary underscore Vixens at Patreon. So. Well, I appreciate it. it. Everybody that's listening to my crummy voice right now, go listen to theirs and uh, I, you will not be disappointed. I li- of course, I listen to Jesse's show all the time. And of course, I listen to the propaganda report. So, yeah, definitely worth listening to more than mine. So, <laughs> if you, if you, well, it's been a lot of fun talking to you and listening to you tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. Really a great way to spend the evening. Oh, wait. Just so somebody can actually hear the 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 proper uh, promotion from Monica Perez herself. Um, <laughs> how did you like uh, the uh, Make Liberty Great Again's Red Pill episodes? Oh my gosh, the Ruby Ridge and Waco stuff. I actually promoted that today when I was talking to Clint Powell, and uh, I've promoted it else elsewhere too. And when I have a WSB show, I'll drive people to it because. People have, as Clint pointed out, people have forgotten mm-hmm. about Ruby Ridge and Waco. And and Bill Barr, by the way, it should be Asshole. no one's hero. I mean, that guy. <laughs> and as soon as Trump tapped him, I was like, really? Can anyone still? I mean, ugh. anyway, I, I tried to get him not, you know, obviously confirmed, but that wasn't in the cards. But that that it was just so well done. They were bite-sized 20-minute podcasts, really well obviously so well researched that he could really distill it down to the essentials and tell it in a really consumable narrative. And I mean, I started it like I was going home from my show the other day and we were tweeting about it and I was like, "Okay, let me just listen to this." It was just one of those things I couldn't stop till I listened to all five of them. Like I was just mm-hmm. sitting in my car hoping nobody noticed I was home. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was real proud of the the job Cam did it, with those. Yeah, those, he's a good storyteller. It was really great. Good. Highly recommend. Okay, but for real, I got to get out of here. Um, <laughs> it was great talking to y'all, and hopefully I can have y'all on again, one or the other or both. It's great. Uh, everybody, go listen to them and. Uh, I appreciate y'all coming. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Thank you. Later.